0: Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas, here's your host, Tim Wilkins.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm joined by the co-host of co-hosts again, Chris, joining me once again. And today's topic, very important topic. Well, things can be bad. Things can be good. We'll just penalize everybody because NASCAR has no idea how to run a portajohn. That's right. We're talking about all the penalties that NASCAR has levied in the last, let's say, two and a half weeks. And how much that hypocrisy has actually changed and negatively affected the sport of NASCAR. So, Chris, I, I, I don't know about you, man, but to kick this off, and this is where full disclosure is happening here. Hendrick got penalized, pretty much the largest fine in the sports history. Denny Hamlin opened up his big-ass mouth and got himself a penalty. But then he decided to somehow... I don't even know how that's even possible, but to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, appeal the penalty. And then this past week at Atlanta, Josh Williams gets penalized for a whole race because parking the car right next to the flag stand. By the way, Josh Williams gained himself some fans with the parking the car next to the flag stand thing. Uh, good, good move. Hell of a mullet. And, uh, Chris, I, I, I think as sports fans, we have a huge service to the the industry as a whole but at some point enough's enough of this hypocrisy so i'm gonna lay the table on the floor here i'm gonna lay the label you know lay the fluid on the table here and uh as our good friend and our good awesome conservative and great great man by the name of mark levin chris is gonna have it and uh we're gonna fully discuss this but first but first but foremost i think chris needs to go full hand Shall we? Floor is yours, sir.
0: Well, I, well, Tim. Obviously, good to be back this week. Uh, not here last week, but I think uh, we want to go with each of the uh, the three individual topics. So I think we'll we'll start with the uh, we'll start with the Hendrick penalty first. And just to give people a little bit of background, uh, who may be listening, uh, Hendrick Motorsports, following the uh, Phoenix race, was all four of their crew chiefs were. Uh, were fined, I believe, a hundred thousand uh, dollars each. Uh, team each driver lost a hundred points. Uh, they also lost all their playoff points that they accumulated, and uh, the crew chiefs were suspended for four weeks. For and now, a lot of people have heard this term: the louvers that are on the the uh, hood that basically direct the air um, inside the uh, evacuate air from inside the the uh, area where the engine is out. So. From what I was, from what I had read and heard, uh, Hendrick uh, allegedly was had manipulated those louvers to where they had one, they had one louver uh, cut off with air, and it was basically almost doing kind of a, a, you know, basically keeping that air pent up inside the car. Now again, don't know if that's 100 true. That's kind of the uh, the the rumors that I've been reading on the internet, Um, but don't again. That there, there is you know, everyone here is innocent until proven guilty. Uh, you know the big reason why, obviously, this is a huge deal, is because NASCAR with this next gen car, uh, these are what they call single source parts. Um, so basically, you know, teams for years were their own manufacturers. They they built these cars from the ground up, but now with this next gen car, everything is uh, is is sourced out, um, and then it's basically just a kit car that you're putting together. Um, the folks at Hendrick, uh, Jeff Gordon and Chad Knaus, have said uh, there are issues with quality control of these parts. That they're in the process of churning these parts out so fast to try and keep up with the demand that these teams have to keep the cars on the racetrack, and especially during the West Coast swing, that uh, that these that these parts uh, did not properly fit the car. Um, so, thusly, they are appealing this penalty. Uh, not no no timetable set on when that appeal will be heard. I would say as of taping this, I'd say within the next five, you know, within the next week or so, there probably will be a an appeals hearing, which is a almost like an independent court of, uh, of stakeholders in NASCAR uh, or in the industry that will hear that appeal, and then from there, the appeal is uh, either uh, upheld or rescinded or is modified. So, um, time to tell. Uh, you know in terms of what in terms of what Hendrick has. Now playing devil's advocate, obviously looking at it from one side, you know, NASCAR had to do something. There's, you know, there's always been a little level of what people believe is favoritism towards Hendrick Motorsports. Um so NASCAR really had to come down hard on them. The opposite side of that would be obviously the um you know these single source parts, and the fact they're churning out so fast, and there is there is no quality, there is a lack of quality control they've seen in terms of each part being replicated exactly. That could be an area where they could have a uh, could have something. And then also the fact that this was done pre pre uh, pre practice um, because they did have a practice session there, yes, because of the new um, aero package that, that NASCAR rolled out for the short tracks and road courses. So. Um, so they they've got a few things that potentially they can stand on that can at least maybe see them get the penalties. Um, Not believe they'll be fully rescinded, but I believe that they will be could potentially be relegated down. Um, you know, again, only time is going to tell as it as it kind of relates to the penalties itself. Me personally, I, I you know I think obviously if when, when teams are told with this car that you cannot manipulate any of the single source parts this is a huge thing. Last year, Fenwick uh, Fenway Lowski Racing was given a large penalty for what was believed to be a manipulation of, uh, of, uh, of a part of the race car itself, which NASCAR did not disclose, uh, but they had uh, appealed it and said it was a safety issue and the appeal was, uh, was shot down and the penalties were upheld. So, Uh, And then we should also mention, too, besides Hendrick, the 31 car from College Racing, Justin Haley, also received a uh, penalty. And, in fact, he is in the negative, in negative points right now. He's, like, negative 40 points. Uh, William Byron, who's won, had won two of the last three races, Uh, he's actually at negative playoff points. All the Hendrick drivers now outside the top 20 points to show how how big a drop it was.
1: So my thing is, exactly, How how is this going to affect... So NASCAR at some point, why is Hendrick the one that's getting t- sought after? Because it seems like to me that at some point, you know, NASCAR has made rules for the, but not for them for a long time on Hendrick. And I'm not saying this to be crazy, but Chad Kanaus, Jeff Gordon, a lot of Ray Everham back in the day these guys got away with a lot of parts and modification. So,
0: Yeah, and I think you got to look at the perspective also, too. I mean, you look at what Hendrick is doing right now. You figure, you know, they have the Garage 56 program, which is going to be running 24 hours of Le Mans uh, in June. Um, you know, that program there is solely run by Hendrick Motorsport, and it's using a next-gen car, and obviously the NASCAR testing band they have I mean, while this car may be completely different in terms of the platform of the car itself, I mean, when it comes down, to it was still a next-gen race car and you can still take, there's no way you cannot say you're not learning something with running that car. Um, they also have a, have a, a program too, where they, where they also take old cup cars, um, and sell them basically to rich people, it's called their track attack program. Um, so that's another area that potentially hendrick can look at manipulating in terms of their on track uh where they could do on track stuff uh to really get, you know, to, to get to go around mass quarters testing so there, there's always things you look at you know in terms of levels of favoritism that you know we you know and maybe it's a little bit of conspiracy theory but when you look at things like that and you say well you know hendrick hendrick's leash seems to be a lot longer than the, the RFKs and the Penske's or the Joe Gibbs racing of the world. Um yeah, as you recall last year Denny Hamlin got a uh got DQ'd in Pocono for um a piece of tape under their uh for a piece of tape on the nose of their car, which you're not allowed to tape the noses like you used to be on the old car. So when it comes down to it, um, you know, the the the, the sometimes it feels like the crime doesn't fit the the punishment doesn't fit the crime.
1: to to certain uh, situations what i'm mainly getting at and i mean this respectfully to hendrick motorsports they're obviously a a great team but at some point chris it comes a time where nascar seems to kind of not make an even keeled decision when it comes to this obviously on the single source parts We've seen that in the past. We got to have a penalty, but why this much? Okay, why why the penalties of this nature and this magnitude? And at some point, and at some point, people should uh, have to call a, 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 as they call it a spade a spade here, and say they don't know how to manage a porta potty, let alone this this organization, because a hundred thousand dollars a crew chief, which by the way, not all crew chiefs make that kind of money uh
0: some of them do some don't i believe typically those are normally paid by the team so i i don't i don't see well i don't see rick hendrick trying to extort money out of his crew chief for for a penalty
1: okay and that's defined but how about the points if each driver which by the way it's been a hendrick show on the west coast we're not gonna you know we can talk about atlanta a little bit but atlanta in my opinion has been ruined by the repave so i can't even watch that race anymore.
0: Um, yeah, no t- no doubt the points are the points are massive. That that's where you're going to fight it. That's that. So like
1: want. a guy like William Byron based on the old rules, okay? Based on the old rule book, he's w- he won, so technically he's in with 16 drivers. However, it, he won at the beginning of the season, so technically he's not fully in yet. Cuz you can have 16 different winners or more than 16 different winners. So, yeah, and that's where oh. that goes. But at the same point, very valid here is he has an entire season to make that up. So at some point, the same thing goes with, you know, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, and, uh, you obviously with Josh Berry, which, you know, they, they got their own little issues there with the exemption. They're going to have to file for chase Elliott for a snowboarding incident. But, I just think NASCAR has ruined the sport and what we like to watch because seriously, ever since the, I'll go full, I'll, I'll talk about this. Ever since they went back to the change the playoff, change the point structure the point standings, NASCAR has not been the same ever since. And obviously they've been catering to a TV rights deal that's obviously elongated. But at the same point, it's not getting better for the sport. They've changed the schedule. The ratings haven't changed. Um, sorry. Atlanta is not a fun track to watch anymore. Phoenix, okay, great.
0: There's not uh, really been an exciting race in Phoenix. It's yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it's pretty boring. Other than the last time that Jeff Gordon was in a race, you know, and that's actually a, a competitive race for the ch- championship. Uh, for me, anyway. But California, I mean, they're redoing that track, and making it a, a basically at not, I think, a little more than a half a mile, and it's gonna be point six six miles, 0.67 miles, and then you have obviously Daytona, which people just enjoy watching cars get destroyed. So Tony Stewart said it best, man, um, really did. But so that being said, to me, Chris, I, I don't see how NASCAR can get themselves out of this ditch that they're in. Of of being hypocr- you know hypocritical, you know I mean what are you going to do now? You're gonna a small parts violation. You're gonna fucking wipe out a small team for the entire year. I mean it's just it seems like there's some hypocrisy that they need to get their their, their ducks in a row.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it'll we'll obviously see what happens. Uh, you know, whenever this appeal is heard, it should be pretty fast from the time that the appeals heard so the uh, Final, you know, final ruling is made. Uh, You know, but obviously the big thing for them, and and one thing we should also also add to to the to the uh, to the record as well is Hendrick Motorsports did appeal is appealing the penalty, but they are not um, the crew chiefs because it normally in an appeal the crew chiefs would be allowed to uh, remain uh, active at the racetrack, but they've opted to serve the crew chiefs will serve the uh, will serve the time away. Uh, in, in terms of a strategic move for them, because they feel like obviously the sooner they get them back, the better. But they, um, but, they're, but obviously they're trying to get those points back. That, that's the big thing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I can understand why they want the points back. Obviously it puts in better contention for the, the playoffs. And, and obviously that makes a lot of sense. So moving forward, though, in the next, I would say, sequence of stupidity events, is the the Denny Hamlin suspension, which or not suspension, but penalty, which honestly, the man inserted his own foot in his mouth in the nicest way possible by discussing the on-track incident, which by the way, for everyone keeping track at home, this is for an on-track incident that happened between him and Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain got basically, as I would like to say, he ran out of racetrack by Danny Hamlin. And as much as you want to say it, or no one else wants to say it, it's a wrecking situation because he ran out of racetrack. But NASCAR doesn't deem it as such a way until this, this, till this penalty came out. The reason why NASCAR views it as such is because Danny Hamlin went on his podcast, which I, I, I okay, we have a podcast here. I'm not going to incriminate myself on my own podcast. But apparently Denny Hamlin doesn't own a PR firm or let alone his own conscience to understand that it's not a good idea to talk about it. Or he just doesn't care.
0: I'm going to go with the 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 other one. (laughs) The show is perfectly named Actions Detrimental, one of of the best names for a podcast. It it, it fits it perfectly.
1: Well, yeah, he he does it quite well to himself. I mean, I I get it. I understand why he named it that because he really is. (laughs) He is Actions Detrimental to to the organization. But. I don't understand how okay. This is where NASCAR, so what happens if a guy goes on a let's say a guy goes on Chris goes on Dale Jr. download and talks about something 10 years later about nearly wrecking a guy on purpose. What are they gonna do? Suspend him? You know what I mean? Like it's it's to the point now where like listen, Danny Hamlin and Ross Chastain are basically like Cole Trickle and and, and Rowdy Burns in the sense of analogies with the, with the rental car scene, they just can't seem to they, not find they, each other. You know, yeah, they find each other on the
0: racetrack. every week. This is my, and this is, this will be my scorched earth, uh, part of the, of the, of the podcast and maybe a little Go bit ahead. of the Josh, the Josh Williams conversation. So my biggest thing as it relates to this, this conversation, obviously I think Denny thought the statute of limitations had run out and he couldn't, he would not be pen, gone back and be penalized. But when it comes down to it, and we and we look at it from this perspective. You know, NASCAR as a whole now is looking is looking for personality. You know, they they need drivers who can resonate with a fan base and get people excited to watch the sport. When it comes down to it, we don't need 40 Austin cindricks or um, you, you name the driver. We don't need 40 of the same drivers who don't really you know are very cut and dry and 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 stick to their you know their talking points we need drivers who are willing to to buck the system or willing to to say what people want to want you know may want to hear that they that you know could be held against them in the court of law of nascar so when it comes down to it ultimately you know denny Yes. I mean, from a from a safety perspective, as a driver saying, oh, yeah, I let go of the wheel and just ran a guy in the fence, especially knowing the the rather shaky track record of this car. Um, was it smart? No, absolutely not. When it comes down to it, we have a driver who is willing to it and, and still is in the prime of his career. And it has, you know, and it's going to be is going to be a Hall of Famer, whether he wins a championship or not. Ultimately out here saying what is truly on his mind and how he feels about the sport itself and giving fans an opportunity to know more about the sport. And you know, I I'd, I'd tell anyone on here, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. I'd certainly tell people, if you get a chance to listen to his podcast, it's a good listen, he does a phenomenal job. Him as a, as a top level driver, a team owner, uh, a veteran of the sport, he does a great job explaining what it, what it is like to be a NASCAR driver. But we cannot allow these drivers, we cannot say to these drivers on one hand, Hey, we want you guys to showcase your personality for our fans, and in the minute they so, you know, showcase their personality, they're they're fine for it. That's a that's a slippery slope, you know. I look at it from the perspective of this almost has the vibes of 2004 with Dale Earnhardt Jr. When Dale Earnhardt Jr. is in victory lane, he wins at Talladega. He's he's a sure-fired contender to win the first. Then it was then it was then the chase for the for the next El Cup. He says he says shit in victory lane and it's fined 25 points and that basically cost him a chance of the championship. So when you look at it from this perspective, we're we're kind of going down a path of of uh of no return because we want these drivers to showcase their personality, but if the sport is going to continue to uh suspend these guys for doing that, well we're going to have uh we're going to have issues because drivers aren't going to be willing to be out there and to showcase their their um their personality itself they're already at it they're already at a disadvantage because obviously you know these drivers are covered in logos you know the big way that keeps them on the racetrack is corporate sponsorship the minute that a driver screws up royally and corporate sponsorship is taken away or goes away or they're canceled see you later you're not driving anymore so it's uh it's certainly one of those things that frustrates me because you know me as a as an enthusiast of the sport i enjoy when drivers showcase their personality but if, if drivers are going to continually be penalized for showcasing that personality to buck the system of the, of the league of the, of the uh, sanctioning body, then well, it's, it's, it's not going to be good. I'm done now.
1: All right. Thank you, Mark. Levin, and NASCAR. I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> the last one we got to talk about, man, honestly, is the one that most recently happened that honestly poked my interest and piqued my interest the most. And not in a way that you would think it would piqued my interest, uh a grown man had a mullet that probably the reverse way he caught me uh the secondly the man obviously got into a wreck had a you know good old sizable beer bond you know you know bond tape on his car, drove around about i would say, what do you think, Chris, about twenty or so laps before it caused a caution, you know roughly yeah. Something yeah, like that. so
0: I I did not see a lot of that race to be honest with you. Um,
1: oh yeah, it's the Xfinity I, race, so it's a Saturday, yeah. so people have things. And there. I
0: knew it was going to. We all knew it was going to be a shit show, package. Yeah, um, pretty
1: much. Yeah, the only guys guess, that still li- the only guys that still lift at the at uh, at yeah. Atlanta.
0: And just to give everyone a little quick background about what happened, so you know the race was was a disaster. The first stage took I've I've heard it took upwards of an hour and a half, which is crazy an Xfinity race.
1: Um, what was it like for 35 lap was it how many total laps was it, 150 or something? Uh
0: 250 racing? mile 250 mile race so I'm not sure the exact number of
1: laps. So they probably did they, so they probably did 50 50 and then 150, right? Give or take,
0: Yeah. But the first stage took abhorrently long and that and NASCAR and, and listen, when it comes down to it the television's huge. That NASCAR was saying, "All right, we're going to be way over our TV window." Um and Josh was caught up in a wreck and had come down pit road and the team had put uh, what they call bear bond on the, uh, on the body of the car. So that bear bond is basically like a three, three foot by three foot uh, piece of tape uh, that that you can put and cover of holes and various things to to hold body panels on. Well, it was, from what I was heard, it was freezing in Atlanta and that bear bond doesn't react well to the cold. So normally they'll have to take a heat gun or some type of, or a torch or something not to keep that bear bond up. well the bear bond did not stick on to the car and josh went back on the racetrack and the bear bond flew off and nascar had to uh this was under caution nascar had to continue with uh keep keep the race under caution so josh was told okay you're done you got to go to the garage and it is in the rule book that there it is at nascar's discretion um, so josh being told that he was done for the day Opted to stop his car at the start finish line, climb out and then walk across the grass uh, and wave to the fans.
1: Now now, th- now technically, Chris, that's not against the rule book to do that, right? To park your car at the, the start finish
0: line that's kind of no, no, no it gets, the, it gets a point across. no doubt about it. So,
1: well that, that's that was my point yeah. was I, I don't think he broke any rules in that regard where he deserves a one race penalty. Because he parked his vehicle next to the start-finish line in protest, basically, of being told, hey, you're done for the day because you caused a caution. Now, yes, it is technically in the the, the rule book, but he did not violate the the damaged vehicle policy. Uh, The repairs that were made is a simple beer bond. He could have just held him for a couple laps. I don't see how it got to that escalation where they had to park him. I would say they probably should have made sure that that repair was firmly on the car, which you know that's where I understand a penalty of like three to five laps.
0: Yeah, two to six. Yeah.
1: You know, I yeah. understand that that would make sense. But what really frustrates me as a fan is that he gets held and he gets st- as a driver enthusiast and a person that understands the sport. The driver's done for the day for a wrecked vehicle incident. He doesn't want to be hanging out in NASCAR's hall or waiting for NASCAR to come on down and basically call him out to the principal's office. That's what he had to do. He had to wait for the race to be over, which was about, I don't know, about another hour, hour and a half. And then NASCAR yeah. came down from the control booth and then started basically, you know, giving him the reprimand from the principal's office. It doesn't to me, there was no conversation that was going to be needed to be had that couldn't have been had in about 10 to 15 minutes. So to and, me, it's, it's stupid.
0: And a lot of that's done out of spite. Like, Hey, you did that to us. Now we're going to make your day a living hell. And I think the reason why people are frustrated and why Josh is frustrated is, is because you look at, you look at the totality of situation like this, you know, Josh Williams is a, is what you would call a journeyman driver. He's not in top level equipment. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's basically scratching and clawing to make a name. Using using the phrase of the Xfinity series uh, to make a name in the series himself, on a on a ver- on a shoestring budget, you know. And wh- however the way they finish every week is basically how they get to the racetrack. He doesn't have big name sponsors. Um, also, another thing you look at from the perspective of we can even go back to bring Hendrick into this. Back in two thousand twenty one at the Roval, Chase Elliott um, had gotten a wreck with Kevin Harvick. It was retaliation from Kevin from a, from a wreck that happened at Bristol um and chase and, and chase elliott uh was driving around with a bumper cover that was flapping in the breeze for about 10 laps before it came off and and caused a caution that by all intents and purposes helped him so the fact that you're going to penalize a guy for a for a piece of bare bond flying off but then you allow the sports most popular driver uh T- 10 laps to allow his bumper cover to fly off to get a caution uh, proves why it's rather, uh, yeah. Why and
1: that's where that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, okay, we can look through the other penalties here. The Bubba Wallace self spins um, over the years. I mean, I just won, but like multiple times throughout the year. Um,
0: Dale, Ju- Dale Jr. spun out one time. At, yep, intentionally. Uh, yeah. Intentionally spun out one time. It's happened. He There's he no calls
1: doubt. it he, Dale Jr. even has a name for it on his podcast. He talks about going to get a pizza. Like it, you know, it, he talks about it. So it it in all seriousness, dude. Like Josh Williams on a shoestring budget, you're gonna penalize the guy for a race. So he can't run. I'm assuming they're at Circuit of America's this week. Is that correct? Sure. Yep. So maybe he wasn't gonna run there this week, but now the sponsors aren't getting what they paid for. So it puts the, the company into a bind. I'm pretty sure from what his indication on social media has been is that the it's been a pretty good exposure for him. Uh he's been I think door bumper clear. Um which by the way that's another hysterical it's like the Tom Segura Burt Kershier uh podcast of NASCAR uh in the nicest way possible. I'm not calling him fat, but you know what I mean. Um
0: and, you know. and also too I should and I know we get get close to closing. Um, It's also also too, we've seen drivers like Denny Hamlin and Chris Buescher to name a few who have told Josh, Hey, we're going to pay your fine. So there's definitely a community rallying around. Josh is also selling t-shirts as well on his, uh, on his website. So um, there's definitely a lot of support for, for Josh. And yeah, I like, like you said, Tim, there's, There's he, his, his sponsors probably gotten way more exposure just with this than they probably would, you know, whether, even if he won the race in Atlanta, um, just because of all, I'm not not
1: going to say anything else here, buddy. but it reminds me of the three letter, the three's name, three, three phrase, three worded phrase that we all love and dear. Let's go Brandon. You know, it reminds me of that, you know, uh, it does. Uh, I, so this in closing, dude. I, I'm just gonna say this right now. NASCAR needs to get their head so far out their own ass, and, and I'll be the guy to say that and get there and, and learn how to manage these guys. I understand they're all different personalities and they all have their own ways of doing things. However, what, what is fair is fair. Okay, what is good for thee or him is not good for th- some other person because they don't have the same popularity, isn't fair. So Danny Hamlin, okay, he opened up his big mouth because you asked him to, okay? Marketability, one of the marketable drivers in the industry, gets himself in trouble for opening up his big mouth. Josh Williams, basically in protest, for a simple mistake, by the way, of a, will of call it that, Josh Williams, that's a simple mistake. Crew guy knew it was cold, probably. Didn't have a lot of time. They didn't want to lose a lap because the pace car is coming up and they got to drop the jack and he's got to go. Wasn't sure if it was on there fully. Shit happens, man. Also, on top of that, this track is not exactly the same as it used to be. You're going faster. It's boring. You're going, you know, it's not the same. And and last but not least, the Hendrick Motorsports thing. I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. This is not the first time Hendrick Motorsports has flirted with disaster. And that to do with the, the analogy of one of the oldest NASCAR songs of all time. But na- Hendrick Motorsports has a history of flirting with disaster all the time when it comes to the research and development and trying to find as much as they can and, and do these things with the race car. Now, do I get the benefit of the doubt because it's an OEM part? Okay, I'll give you that. But at the same point in time, You don't think Chad Knauss or Jeff Gordon had something to do, not saying Jeff Gordon particularly, but you don't think those guys have a history of trying to find the best they can to get the most out of these cars so they can win races. Not saying anything William Byron can't do, but William Byron did not have a very good successful year of 2022 of winning races, and uh, now all of a sudden to win two in a row on the West Coast kind of says something. That's why I think also NASCAR kind of had to do what they had to do, too, because the guy that won the race also was part of the cheating team. So that being said, guys, we're going to close it out with this. NASCAR, as a fan, needs to figure out what exactly it wants from their drivers and from their track officials and everything else in order to gain the best product they can to the fans. Until that is done, NASCAR is going to be one shell of itself and that includes this this year, at the North Wilkesboro All-Star Race. I love that track dearly. It's an old school track. It makes nostalgia come back alive. But if they can't figure out what best product is going into for the sport, going into a TV rights deal that's soon to expire, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be watching this sport on an app. And it's not going to be on name brand television. So that being said, Appreciate it, as always, Chris, for joining me. We're going to have another great episode next week as well. It's going to be a barn burner, as we like to say, in the good old wrestling business. Appreciate it, as always, for joining me. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe, all that fun stuff on social media. Don't be a toxic table. Uh, and uh, have a good rest of your week, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.